0: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host Sammy Jacobs, co-host TJ Inman will be here shortly. Uh, We're here to uh, break down the uh, Indiana-Nebraska game um, and and go over what went wrong. Uh, The final score was 27-22. Uh, narrow victory for uh, number 10, Nebraska who's since moved up to number eight. So we'll go over what went wrong, what we uh, liked, didn't like, uh, and the outlook of uh, the rest of the season. So uh, right now, Indiana stands at 3-3, three and 1-2 three, uh, and two in the Big Ten, and they head up to Northwestern um, on Saturday for a noon kickoff with the Wildcats. Uh, we're going to bring in TJ Inman right now, um, TJ, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Sammy. Yeah, it's, uh, always, always good to talk football, even in a, uh, frustrating loss to a top 10 team, you know, I, um, decompressing after that game, it, I, I can't really shake the feeling that Indiana's never, or at least not in the foreseeable future, going to have uh, an opportunity as good as that one to beat a top 10 team at home, um it's it's a, a frustrating law, just like Ohio State, it leaves you partially very encouraged that Indiana was again against the traditional power right there and really, if we're honest with ourselves, outplayed them for the most part. Um especially after that bad start. And then it leaves you equal parts frustrated that uh, you know, couldn't couldn't pull it off due to a a number of factors that we'll talk about here. Um uh, in this next half hour. So yeah, just uh, another I think you you said it pretty accurately after the game um with uh with Alex and I just another gut punch and that's really what that one felt like. Um just a, a missed missed opportunity that hopefully we don't uh, rue too much at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, it it was frustrating in the sense of well any uh time a top ten team comes into Memorial Stadium, um, you, you'd you like to win. And, you know, the last couple of years you've had guys on the ropes uh, and, and looking to punch through. Now, if you, you know, were in a vacuum just looking at, hey, Indiana stayed with the top ten team, um, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be encouraged. But I, I think the most frustrating part was that Indiana had Nebraska – almost knocked out Um, you know the score I believe it was 17 15 at the time and Tony Fields makes a pick Uh, I was sitting in the stands on Saturday and the place was going absolutely nuts Um, when he made that interception all the momentum was on IU's side Um, you know they had just scored on a on a Redding touchdown 33 yard run which was a, a great play call that you know Great play calls have been few and far between for IU, but that they are there. Um, but to me, and then to to throw a screen pass and have two runs and punt the ball, that that to me was the game right there. They let them up off the mat and and to to, to steal a, a, a Dennis Green line is we thought Nebraska, who, um, you know, they, they were what they we thought they were, uh, and, and we let them off the hook, and, and that's exactly what IU did. Uh, we we said for a week uh, that Nebraska was an overrated team, uh, th- that they had not been tested all that much this year, uh, that they kind of were gifted a, a top-ten position after all the upsets and, and losses last week. Um, and, and that's what they were. They, they, this Nebraska team played well. They're a good team. But um, you saw that Tommy Armstrong has not figured it out yet, uh, throwing a deep ball. Uh, they got a lucky bounce on one of the plays where I thought Marcelino Ball played it perfectly. Um, and at first I thought it was an incomplete pass, but it was, it was a, a ridiculous circus catch that led to a touchdown. Uh, and then you mm-hmm. had three three defenders collide. Uh, on the other touchdown. And other than that, Nebraska couldn't get anything going. Uh, Tommy Armstrong, I believe, was 10, only had 10 completions on 20-something throws. Uh, and he just didn't look good. And I thought, you know, they, they IU played well, and, and they should have won that game. And it comes down to, you know, did Kevin Wilson have and, and Kevin Johns have the guts to take a shot uh downfield after getting the ball after that interception and they didn't do it and they paid dearly for it um you you know the the most puzzling thing was is that if you don't trust your offense why are you uh, you know why bother and and then nebraska went and scored a touchdown to go back up nine and the offense comes back and scores i I think at three or four plays and they took a good shot down to ricky jones uh, he caught yep. the ball and was down inside the five, and, and then they they had a screen pass to Redding for a touchdown. Where was that urgency, you know, one drive earlier when you could have taken the lead, um, either with a field goal or with the touchdown, and really have delivered that knockout blow, uh, which has been lacking in uh, Indiana football. It's You had this team on, on the ropes. You had them, you know, stunned. And, you know, Tommy Armstrong couldn't complete a pass downfield. I mean, every pass was, you know, it was like that, that sixth grade pickup football game pass where you have the guy with the best arm just tell everybody to go deep and he just chucks it up wildly as, you know, defenders run after him. But to, to me, that, that cost him the game. And, and I, I just, I have no idea what their their game plan was there, and it was just it, it was that's the most frustrating part was that they had a shot to win a legitimate shot to knock them out and they decided to you know wait if it was a boxing match, they basically held him up against the ropes and waited for the bell to ring and and you know what they did they they missed their shot and they missed the bus and uh you know the the rest is history so uh, that's the frustrating part to me.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very understandable uh, line of thinking and and criticism in this case, Um, particularly uh, two things that that are pretty curious to me at the moment. Um, The first would be that that third and eight play call essentially is passing on an opportunity to get a first down. Uh, And I don't mean passing as in actually throwing the ball. I mean just you know, taking the third down and saying, you know, we'd we'd rather punt. That's all right. Um, and I I know that that's not what they were doing, but it comes across as that because the running game, with the exception of that divine running uh, run, which was not a traditional running play, uh, with the exception of that run, the running game was virtually non-existent. You know, even including that run, they ran for under three yards to carry. Uh, Nebraska that's front was doing uh, That a was nice including.
0: Job. Right. I mean, if you take out the Xander run, the Mitchell Page reverse, which was, you know, the kind of play they scored on on the uh, on the touchdown, they they handed it off to Redding yeah. instead of he faked the hand off the page and everybody bit, and it, it was just that play was set up well and and ran well. Um, yeah. But other than that, it was like, you know, your it, traditional it,
1: it, runs were nothing.
0: Yeah. No, it's the same stuff, you know, since Wake Forest. It's we're going to run Divine Redding into the middle of the defense, try and get him outside maybe and hope for the best. And, and it's just not working. And I understand the fans' frustration with it in terms of yeah. it looks like they're running the same play. It's, it's insanity. It is the definition of insanity is you're trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result
1: kind of emblematic of the entire running game uh, for the day, at least for the running backs um, on traditional running plays is what I'll call them. And then kind of in conjunction with that, I I don't really know why there appears to be a major hesitancy to let Richard Legault throw the ball vertically. Um, And his pass per attempt or his yards per attempt are still – tops in the Big Ten, um, but they're not really letting him stretch on throws down the sideline very often. And I feel like he's been pretty successful with those. And I think that there was an opportunity against Nebraska secondary to get that done. And uh, against Northwestern coming up, there absolutely is an opportunity for that. And we'll talk about that later in the week and preview that all week on our site. But um I'm going to be really interested to see whether or not they will open up the passing game uh, to some vertical passes. I think Ricky Jones right now is doing an incredible job catching the deep ball. We know Nick Westbrook can do it. Uh, I, I'm really going to be interested to see if they if they allow that to happen because right now, particularly on the right side of that line, you are seeing the impact of not having Dan uh, if If people don't Understand how good he is before. I really hope they understand it now because the running game, especially to that right side on the stretch play, is completely non-existent without him. Uh,
0: and that's a and, yeah, and that's a play the last couple years where IU has gotten a lot of big plays. Where you know that's the play Tevin Coleman scores on at Ohio State and two steps and he's in the end zone and where Jordan Howard got. They consistently got eight, nine yards where, you know, they they get the blocking set up. And if somebody squirted through, Howard ran, ran him over. And basically, how they shredded Michigan last year. So you're completely yep. right. And I, I think if writers uh, keep him off their all American list because he hasn't played, they're undervaluing him. I I understand why you'd keep him off the list because of an injury. But that just yep. shows you how good and how valuable he is. And if there was. You know, the, the fantasy baseball equivalent of a DL for, for all-American teams, um, of having a guy on the roster that you could plug in if he's healthy, he's got to be on the, on that list because he makes this offense go. Um, and it's not a joke yeah. when Wilson calls him the most important player on this team. Um, right. And, and and you've seen it now since the second half of the state is this, this running game is non-existent. Um, and, and even with Xander running the, um, running the ball at quarterback, and, and I know he threw the ball seven times and and ran the ball pretty well, but after the first three plays, Nebraska figured it out, um, and they stuffed it. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the one pass that um, Mitchell Page caught uh, out of the, the screen from Xander, that was an awful throw. It was behind the receiver, and if Mitchell Page doesn't make a guy miss, that's a loss of three or four yards, and and everything's done. So to me, and they I, they, I,
1: they took a deep shot with Vander at
0: quarterback. They missed did a take wide a deep open shot down guy. the
1: field, and and it was there. It, I think it was was it Donovan Hale? Is that?
0: I think it was Hale down there. I, I'll I'll yeah. watch it over again. You know, but he
1: was there. He was a, open, and it was over overthrown.
0: Yep, Uh, and, you know, it was there, and they had to play. And it's just becoming so predictable in terms of what you're going to do. And you're not going to surprise anybody else now with Xander Diamant running that that quarterback position. Um, It's on tape. Everybody knows that, you know, either it's going to be a screen pass or he's going to fake a handoff and run with it and try to outrun everybody. And he can't do that um, in the Big Ten every week.
1: I'll give him credit and I'll give the coaches credit because I, I think when they did choose to put him in there, uh he executed what was in front of him nicely. Uh on that first series that came and in. It, it, it
0: was you know, it mid-series.
1: gave a spark series. It gave a spark.
0: Yeah, mid series it ignited a spark. IU was down I think seven was it, seventeen two or something at the time and he got down inside yeah. the five. Um they couldn't convert and um no, uh, and you saw well, they him in the red zone. Now, I just don't know if you could trust him to make the right play. He gets sacked on a play uh, and forces them to to take a field goal. Now I don't know if you know you throw an incomplete pass and it's fourth and goal from the three. Do so you go for it to take the points? But you know if you get sacked outside of the the five, uh, you know between the five and the ten, you're, you're on fourth down. You're kicking the field goal. Unless you're like the Colts or somebody. Um, but uh, to me, it was a nice change of pace at the time and they ran into the ground and it became a, a predictable thing that may not have an effect the rest of the season against against good opponents. Uh, now, could they run it against Purdue and Rutgers and, and Penn State, uh, whose rush defense is is suspect best? Maybe, but you know, against a team like Nebraska, who has the team speed that they do, and they they're underrated fast. Um, yeah. Uh, on that team, that was the one thing that jumped off the page for me about Nebraska was their defense was pretty fast. Um, so, you know, to me they they burned that card uh, way too too quickly, and and now you have to look at you know why, you know, if you're going to have questions with Lego is Xander the guy who could give you the best chance to win or is he the guy that comes in for a couple plays a drive to get you a first down and, and, and ignite the crowd but what what's Austin King doing it's his second year on campus now he has a good arm and uh, you know his, his red shirt he's red shirted a year so you know let's see what you have in him if you don't trust Lego to to throw the ball um and and I, and I know why and- they don't trust the Lego he's too inconsistent throwing downfield I don't know if it's a mechanical thing but he missed a couple wide open receivers uh downfield where he the ball just sailed uh the most notable one besides that pick ended the game was I think Nick Westbrook was open for a 50-yard gain and he just threw the ball like six feet over his head
1: yeah that one was open yeah and that's been a good throw for him all year really it's that out route that has been a good throw for him he doesn't miss that very often but um, I didn't think he was bad on Saturday, but uh, he wasn't No, he wasn't either. awful,
0: but I could understand why the coaching staff doesn't trust him. And I think they lost sure. a lot of trust after the Wake Forest game uh, where he threw the five interceptions. And, you know, I, I think that's in the head of the coaching staff. And, and it, it's now it, – it's almost – I'd like to think that it's mental, is that they're not calling these plays – because of that game and the throws that he made in that game where we've seen Richard Lego make great throws at times and we've also seen him make awful throws at times. Yeah. And when you have a quarterback who's a gunslinger like that, you're gonna have to let it rip and live with the interception sometime.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. And um, you know I I'm I'm over overall I'm I'm okay with the general Offensive philosophy that they have Uh, I think that they Trust the defense a lot More uh, which they Should we'll talk about that in a minute Um, It's It's a little bit too I don't know if conservative Is the word um, But I think it's There is kind of a lack of trust And I don't think it's Too far off like I, I don't Think we're too far off of having You know a really nice 35, 38-point day on offense. I don't think we're too far off of that. It is just a little bit off. And um, there is a, an opportunity here in this next three-game stretch where, you know, that, that could, if they can just tweak it a little bit, plus get Dan Feeney back, I think we could see a, a pretty dramatic improvements in the production of the offense. I don't know if that's going to happen right now. I don't have incredible confidence that it will, but I, I, I do think it's fair to say that playing against Northwestern, Maryland, and Rutgers
0: is going to look a better little sense.
1: better than playing against Ohio State and uh, and Nebraska. I think that that's
0: yeah, fair to Wade say. Yeah, and Wake Forest and, so. and... You know, well, it's hard to tell Michigan, put Michigan yep. State in that group. But Wake Forest has a tremendous defense as well. So, you know, I, I was talking to somebody else today about this. You know, let's see what this running game does against um, right. Rutgers and Maryland and Northwestern and go off of that. If they still can't run the ball against those teams, then you got a problem. Um, if they, they
1: business back, right I mean,
0: yes, there's and the
1: update on him is still, and we'll continue to get asked this, and I understand because it it is really important, and I do feel like you know dedicated fans that pay attention do understand how important he could be, or at least they understand that he is important, so you know we understand that people will continue asking uh, point blank we don't know. I mean, all that we have is what Kevin Wilson says, which is pretty much the same thing he has said for the past couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, okay, he might as well just run out more. there with a tape recorder and he's yep. doing more. Um, but, yeah, another That's thing –
1: It's good to hear, but, you know, that doesn't mean he's playing. We don't know. I mean, I, I just really, really, really hope he's back for this stretch of three games because it's it's critical – and he's proven to be an invaluable piece of the offense. We, we, we knew that coming in, and we're not wrong. So hopefully he's back. And like you said, if the running game is still a detriment to the offense's success. It, during this three-game stretch against these three teams, if we're still seeing, you know, three 3.5 yards to carry, then it, it's not getting fixed.
0: I mean, that's still a full yard over the the, the, the averages the last couple games. Uh, but, yeah, it, they need to get this running game going. It opens up the passing game. It makes the, this offense so much more dynamic uh, and better. Uh, I, I, the The other thing that stood out to me, TJ, is IU is one for 11 on fourth downs this year. Um, right. And they left a lot of points on the field. And I thought they left two field goals on the field on Saturday uh, when they elected to go for it on fourth and six, uh, which it would have been a 52-yard field goal. Um, so I believe the ball was at the 36. Uh, so it would have been, you know, 52, 53 yards uh, with the wind at Griffin Oaks's And then they passed up yeah. on a 49-yarder, which is a reasonable kick with the wind. Um, you know, uh, with Oaks. Apparently after the game, uh, Kevin Wilson said Oaks has been dealing with a um, a, a quad issue. Uh, it's been affecting his range, uh, which to me is, yeah, yeah you have a kicker on the roster. It, it, Aaron Grasso is still there. Sure, he had an issue, but, you know, it, 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 he didn't hit his girlfriend. They, they got into an argument over a dog, you know, it should have been a one game suspension. Why are you holding him out and costing yourself points to, to, to make a point? Well, um, the,
1: the second half of that quote, if I'm not mistaken, is he's the best one we got. So yeah, I, I guess that his, his feeling is that even a not 100% Griffin Oaks, which the announcers mentioned the quad issue during the game. So he, he had let them know about it beforehand. Um, if his feeling, I guess, is that even a not one hundred percent Griffin Oaks is better than uh, than the alternative, Aaron Del Grosso. So I guess so. I don't so, know. But it, it's clear. It's clear that there's a five, not a ton of confidence. In injury game. or not.
0: So yeah. And in a five yeah, point I game, yeah. they yeah. they went for it on on fourth down twice. Within it was maybe extended field goal range, but within range where maybe last year you, you trot them out and. It was also interesting to talk today, and we'll get into it more on Wednesday, Griffin Oaks kicking on grass. Um, I I brought this up last year uh, with the struggles at Michigan State, at Purdue, and in the bowl game was, does he have an issue kicking on grass? And out of nowhere, Wilson said something about that today. I mean, it wasn't out of nowhere. Somebody asked about the the field goal unit. But, you know, he's been practicing on grass the last couple – couple weeks to get ready for this northwestern game um, but my, my whole thing is look if he's not healthy enough to to give you what you need, why is he on kickoffs? i uh, you know another writer uh, brought that up today uh, as a question: why is he on kickoffs when you have another kicker who could kick touchbacks? you know why not save that field goal leg if if Del Grasso is not good enough uh, to kick long field goals? Why are you putting extra strain on that quad uh, doing that. So there are a lot of questions which lead you to believe that it's murky waters in Bloomington. You know, they can't get a straight answer on on play calling. Uh, the philosophy that Wilson talks about is different than what we've seen on the field during play calling. Um, but uh, to me, you know, the offense has got a Dan Feeney's not – Coming back, you got to adjust. You can't just sit around and wait. Um, as you mentioned, this is a big three-game stretch. I believe they have to go two and one in this three-game stretch. Um, right. And it's an absolute must to beat Maryland and, and Rutgers. Uh, after this one, uh, you can afford to drop Northwestern, but then the next two are huge. Uh, before hosting Penn State, um, and then going to Michigan and hosting Purdue. So, you know. The bowl right. game is still there. Your goals are still on the table. Um, but it, it feels like there's a little uneasiness uh, in Bloomington. Uh, but they, I mean, they're right there. They they have great personnel. The defense is playing fantastic. Um, it, it's, you know, it's frustrating that, that Indiana has been so good on offense the last few years that that's the, the part of the game that has almost been a given um, you know, is, is holding them back a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's part frustrating, but then it's also part encouraging because I do trust, I do trust over the long haul, so over the course of, and we're talking big picture. So we're talking past just this season, which still has a ton to play for. Like you said, your goals are still in place. No need to panic. Um, so it's it's encouraging to me a little bit that uh, maybe you've figured out this this plague that has been on the defense, and you've gotten it up. Not only are you, you know, we talked about they just need to be not terrible. Well, not only are they not terrible, they appear to be pretty good, um, and, and they're young as well on defense. So there's a lot of reason for optimism there. And I, I have faith, just based on history, that over the course of Kevin Wilson's tenure in Bloomington, however much, however longer that is, um, it, it, which you know, we have no reason to believe it won't be another five or six years. Uh, so over the course of that tenure, he's going to have good offenses. So if they've gotten this defense thing figured out, I, I feel much Better about that than just if the offense continued to you know score 40 a game, but the defense continued to stink. I feel better about the overall direction of the program than I have in any time that I can remember as a fan, even though you know the being competitive against Ohio State and Nebraska uh, it's a good sign, but it's not good enough, um, and you know I understand that. I get the frustration behind the close losses, especially the Nebraska one, which was right there for the taking. You should have won that game. So I get that, but I I do think there's reasons to be encouraged about the overall direction of the program. Um, You know, if you go out and lose handily to Northwestern and then, you know, come home and, and lose to Maryland, then you're like, well, boy, you know, we're probably not going to a bowl game this year. And that that takes away the momentum, some of the momentum that you, that you had and, and really uh, kind of puts a damper on the, the positive feelings around the program. But we're not there yet. I don't think we're going to get to that point, and And uh, we'll deal with it one game at a time. And like you said, the defense continues to be a positive point. It's a pleasure to watch. Uh, they're faster than I remember any, any, any Indiana defense being. They pursue the ball incredibly well as a unit, uh, and then the tackling is just better than it has been in the recent past. It's just way better. Uh, and they've got they've got guys that you would consider playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, in uh, Mark Stamilovall, T. Gray Scales, who continues to have an exceptional season, uh, Jonathan Crawford. You know, just a really good young core of players that you continue to, to enjoy watching every week. At least I do. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to see those guys continue to grow.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I, I compared, um, the IU season to a, a ship earlier today and said, you know, right now you're okay. You're, you're still afloat. You have, you know, the, the water's a little rough, but everything's still in front of you. Uh, you have three or four, um, you know, basically five out of the last six are winnable games. If you lose to Northwestern, you know, the water is starting to seep into the boat. Uh, but you're still okay. Uh, you could still beat Maryland, Rutgers, and uh, Purdue. Um, but to me, the, the pivotal game coming up is Maryland. Uh, that's a game, if you lose, it's at home. If they fall to Maryland, now your ship is sinking. Uh, starting to sink and taking on lots of water. Um, and you know, and you know, you gotta beat Rutgers. If you lose to Rutgers, man, it's all hell's going to break loose. Um, that's a team that's in a, a, a spiral right now. Um, I mean, they finally broke out of their, you know, three or four game shutout streak, uh, going, but they're still not good. They lost to a bad Illinois team who lost to Purdue who just fired their coach. Um, so there are three wins, and Maryland looks like they're back to earth. Um, and Perry Hills is dealing with the shoulder injury, so a, a lot of seasons still in front of of IU. A lot of things to be positive about. If they get Feeney back, the uh, you know you, you could start talking about eight, you know seven or eight wins. Uh, right now, I think six. Which should be is, great. It'd be great. Yeah, seven eight wins would be great, um, especially with the way this season has gone, um, and, and the troubles they've had with with the quarterback getting him into rhythm, with the running game, um, getting that back, and and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Um, last few minutes, TJ, um, you know, just what was one of the positive things? You know, we've been very negative on on this show today, but what was one of the positive things you took away from the game on? On Saturday,
1: besides just being really competitive with a blue blood pro- program like Nebraska, that's having a resurgence season for them, which I know people don't want to hear. Oh, we're tired of being competitive. Well, you know, it, it beats the heck out of getting your ass kicked. So, I, I still take that as an overall positive that it was a game that was right there for the taking. The negative is they didn't take it, but. Still, I I think it's a good sign you continue to be close in these games. Uh, So, beyond that, for me, a big positive is the continued play of the secondary. Um, You know, back to back weeks against dual threat quarterbacks JT Barrett and Tommy Armstrong, you know, those guys are not the greatest passers in the world. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Tommy Armstrong, not the best decision maker either, but the secondary really is, is making these quarterbacks work for everything they get. Uh, and that's part due to the defensive line continuing to get penetration and pressure on the quarterback and make them uncomfortable. But it's also the play of the corners and the safeties. Uh, Richard and Sean Riggins stand out as the the corners. And then Crawford and, and Chase Dutro looking healthy and being productive. Uh, and Marcelino Ball. You know, those guys uh, – They're they're really doing a nice job If you take away the big play, which was a scramble broken play to Stanley Morgan, which you can't take it away. I know it happened, but the Brian and Riley circus catch, take those two things away. And Nebraska got absolutely nothing out of the passing game. So I'm very encouraged. I think it's a big time positive continued play at the secondary Uh, and there's no reason to think that they can't continue to do this.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a good positive. I think the positive I took away uh, comes a little bit from a negative. It's th- that they they bounced back from seventeen nothing. Uh, that game was on the brink of of becoming a yeah. disappointing yeah. blowout. A, uh, a a fluke a touchdown. The opening drive was well earned. IU held them to a. I think it was it was a few minutes left in the first quarter and came back they held uh Nebraska scoreless until the fourth quarter let up ten points the rest of the way uh, and just you know they put themselves in position to win uh, but they didn't do it so you know this team didn't quit. It doesn't quit. Uh, you know we've said that this over the last couple of years. This team plays its best ball with its back against the wall, uh, and hopefully, um, you know we'll see that come out in the next three games. Is you know this this is IU season right now. Is these three games, um, and it starts at Northwestern on Saturday, uh, and they're going to have to play uh, like they played uh, against Michigan State and against uh, Nebraska in quarters two, three and a half of four. Um and, and then, you know, if you do that, things will fall into place, maybe you get a, a few back some competent uh refereeing. Um oh. and oh uh, the, the the guy when I, I I thought there would maybe be a, a hundred to two hundred people at a heart attack. Um but uh anyway that's a story for another day um yep. but you, you'll start to... complaining
1: about the officiating so good for us
0: yeah yeah we we did so uh I I marked that down as a win uh for us TJ but yeah. you know pl- play play with the effort and and the heart that they played with against Michigan State and against Nebraska there for for the middle portion of that game and I, I think they'll be okay um hopefully they get Dan Feeney back uh, but if not, you're going to have to, uh, as Kevin Wilson says, you know, dance with the people who got you there um, or yep. dance with the people um, who you have. So uh, they'll do what they have to do. Um, if Feeney's back, great. If not, let's roll out the ball and let's play some football and, and try to do uh, and try to uh, win these next three games. So uh, anyway, TJ, thanks for jumping on. Um, a disappointing loss. Uh, but lots of season left here at the midway points um, and enjoy the rest of your evening.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I no, uh everybody, there's another gut punch for sure, but uh, there's still a lot to feel good about um, with not only the direction of the program, but still what this season can be with, with games that are certainly winnable. So uh, Indiana doesn't have to pull off any miracles to, to have a good season. Still, they can, Take care of the games. They're very capable of winning. And like you said, it's all there in front of them still. So uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday and seeing what this team can do. Uh, finally, a noon, or I shouldn't say finally, but actually a noon start
0: uh, for the 11 a.m. TJ, season. So 11 a.m. for Central. us that are covering yeah, the game You're right. in Illinois. You're right. 11 a.m. Yeah, breakfast in Evanston. There you go. Yep. yep. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, re- remember, uh, check out com. We have a couple new features this week. Uh, we'll have yeah. our uh, bowl predictions uh, projections coming out where each Big Ten team uh, who might be bowl el- eligible, where they might land, where IU might land. Um, and, and TJ wrote that up. And, uh, you know, we'll... we'll Educated it, start throwing. It's, yes, and it's still a work in progress, so bear with us uh, in terms of where we have people and, and learning how the bull system really works with all these conditions uh, and all that stuff. So it is a um, a controlled experiment and we'll try not to have it blow up in our faces, uh, but we'll have uh, all our regular coverage as well. Our Know Your Opponent should be out later uh, this evening uh, when I get, get to it. Um, I, I have learned a lot about Northwestern, so, um, you'll, you'll get a good scouting report on them. Uh, we'll also have piece of the game uh, matchup to watch and uh, some other, uh, other things coming your way, uh, a little feature on the defensive line this week as well. TJ, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday.
1: Yes, yeah, looking forward to preview pod on Wednesday. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a good, uh, good first part of the week.
0: All right. Thanks again for listening. Uh, enjoy your Monday evening. Uh, if you watch baseball or Monday night football uh, or anything else, uh, do check out who's your huddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at who's uh, your underscore huddle. Um, and, you know, we, we appreciate your readership.